0: Each day has its own proper work, Laura's ma used to say. Wash on Monday, iron on Tuesday, mend on Wednesday, churn on Thursday, clean on Friday, bake on Saturday, rest on Sunday. And that was the rhythm of life in the little log cabin in the Wisconsin woods nearly 80 years ago, where Laura and her sister grew up learning to sow and harvest food and, incidentally, prepare such delicious meals that your mouth will water as you read about them. Hi, welcome back to Books Are Back. I'm Ursula. And I'm her mum, Catherine. Today we are going to be talking about Lauren Ingalls Wilder's Little House in the Big Woods, which was chosen for me by my mum.
1: Yes, thanks Ursula. I picked this out because it's the Laura Ingalls Wilder book that I remember reading when I was a child. And I know you had been reading a recent novel where one of the characters knew about Laura Ingalls Wilder and her stories. Um, And I thought you might be interested to read this one. What I remember about it, when I was reading it when I was a child, is the great difficulty of life that she describes, how everything was very simple and if you wanted any, the thing I remember the most was if you wanted anything you had to go to town and it was so far away it was like a a day's trip and you would go and you would come back with all the things you needed for weeks and weeks because you couldn't go back um and Laura and her sister were always hoping that maybe there would be something like fabric to make a dress or or a, a treat like that and it just seemed to me that the The treats were very different from things I would like as a treat when I was a child, which might be like a new computer game (laughs) (laughs) or um, something um, a little bit more frivolous. A different
0: colour of bike helmet.
1: Exactly, a little bit more frivolous and some fabric to make a dress. I am interested that the blurb tells you about delicious meals. I do remember there was stuff about making pancakes and stuff about making some kind of sweetie that you make from... Um, putting, maple.
0: Um, yeah, putting the sugar that you get from a tree into milk and letting it dr- and drawing patterns in it, and then letting it set, and then you could eat it all up.
1: Yes, exactly. I I do remember that kind of Something thing. Something
0: very interesting I found was um, because I like to start the podcast by reading the blurb, and um, I got really worried when I found out that there wasn't a blurb. But in my copy of the book, it turns out that the blurb's just on the inside of the cover. Yes.
1: So this book is my copy from when I was little, and it was published by Puffin in the UK in... Well, they're they're saying that they started publishing it in 1963. The book was originally published in America in 1932, so it took them a while um, to bring it to the UK. And this uh, little Puffin copy has got a picture on the front um, of Laura's mum stroking a bear, not very sure what that's about, Um,
0: And then, Very long story. There's a whole chapter on it in the book. Um,
1: And then on the back, instead of a blurb, it has another picture of three boys on a sledge having a collision with a very plump-looking pig.
0: Again, another very long story.
1: So, Ursula, what is the book about? Is it about um, trips to
0: town and fabric for dresses and sweeties? No, it's about... Um, just sort of what they did in their day-to-day life. So, and then there's maybe about five or six chapters for a season.
1: I'm just going to look at some of the chapter headings. So, for example, there's a chapter called Winter Days and Winter Nights.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: A chapter called Sundays. Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah, you weren't right, allowed like... to do anything but lie on the floor and read your Bible. Yeah. Or you could get your you could get your figures out for your ark. Is that right? Yes. Um, a chapter called The Wonderful Machine. I have no idea what that machine was.
0: Well, I'm not telling you because that is one of my questions in my quiz.
1: How exciting. So
0: no reading the last chapter. So, yes,
1: I interrupted you, really. You were saying mm. it's little vignettes yeah. in each chapter about this different aspects of the life.
0: Almost like, saying that your life is a year long mm. and you write a chapter... Of your life for every month and then that's your autobiography it's sort of like an autobiography if that's how you would do it okay if you get what I
1: mean but what period does it cover
0: it covers I think that she's maybe nine or ten um and it just covers a year oh I see okay so it 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 doesn't
1: take you through a whole life but it takes you through living in this house this little house in the big woods did you
0: enjoy it? I thought it was really good. I think it's my second favourite book that we've done for this podcast. Bix i back. <laughs> Apart from the Doctor Do little book, which as you won't remember, I basically did a backflip off my chair for it. Okay, so you did Don't like it. Don't try doing that, it's incredibly painful. <laughs> what did you like about it? Um, I just thought that it was very entertaining. The one part that I didn't like about it was um, the things where we got taught about how Pa loads his gun and cleans his gun and then how you actually make milk. And there's all of this stuff about how you have to kill a baby calf, but it has to be a male calf and it has to be a calf that has only ever eaten milk. And then it's all about how you have to like churn for seven days. I did actually find the bit about how they stored vegetables and meats for the winter, quite interesting. But that was the only section like that that I actually really liked. So you didn't really like the
1: information stuff. What parts of the book did you enjoy?
0: Um, I really enjoyed the parts where it was like an autobiography and it was just a little snippet of A story, like a day in the life, or you know, a week in the life, or maybe just a little insight on how wash day ran. Not what, not how you wash clothes, but how, um, how you know they weren't allowed to play because they were running around hanging up the laundry and stuff like that. I enjoyed stuff like that, but not stuff where it was a long and no offence. Laura Ingalls Wilder, boring paragraph about this one part of loading a gun, and then another long and boring paragraph about the next part of loading a gun, and so on and so on. It was not fun. It's so
1: funny to hear you talking enthusiastically about this <laughs> book <laughs> when large parts of it seem to be really dreadful. I'm hearing you say you were more interested in what the children were doing Mm -hmm. than what the adults were doing.
0: Yeah, I thought it was just more entertaining because it wasn't just a long list of steps.
1: And do you feel that the children's lives were different from yours?
0: Much, much, because they didn't go to school and they didn't have all the machines that we have that just do our stuff for us. And they didn't get stuff made in the factory. They had to make it all themselves. And they went hunting. Well, they didn't, but they got their meat straight from hunting. And, yeah, it was very different.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. While you were reading it, I went off to find out a little bit more about the book. As I say, I remember reading this one, but there are other books written by Laura Ingalls Wilder about her childhood. And one of them might be even more famous than this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's called Little House on the Prairie. Yeah,
0: so, um, in, sorry for interrupting. But in that novel that you've been talking about, it's another book I'd recommend. I don't actually know where you can buy it, because I read on a website. But um, it's about a rabbit that has to use a hearing aid, and so she can't watch telly, but she tries to anyway without the sound, and she finds it really hard, because... The lips don't move as much as she needs them to. But one of the programmes she's trying to watch is Little House on the Prairie. Well, I think if if it was on the
1: telly, that's why it's more famous than than this one. So uh, what I did was I went off to try and find out maybe which one was first and um, a little bit more about the author. And it turns out that Little House in the Big Woods is the first book in the series. um, And it also covers the earliest period of her childhood. So the books go on. To talk about what happened when she got a bit older. And they take you up all the way to when she was married. Um, And Laura Ingalls Wilder was married when she was 18. So her childhood... very, very young. Her childhood basically ended with getting married. So it was
0: like, you're an adult, yay, get married now.
1: Yes. Laura Ingalls Wilder was born in 1867. Okay. And she... Was born in uh, Wisconsin in a little house in the Big Woods. Now, what I found out is, I always thought that the Big Woods was a description of what a child thought about living in a in a forest. It's
0: a very big wood, Mum. It's a very literal description.
1: Well, no, but what I found out is, it's actually the name for that part of America. The Big Woods is the name that's given to a forested um, zone of that part of Wisconsin, which is up near the Great Lakes, nearly on the Canadian border. I
0: I will never understand how America works.
1: so, So it's really like saying... Uh, It's like saying little house in the Cotswold, for example. (laughs) It's not just a description of a child seeing a big wood outside the window. She was born there. Her family moved while she was still a toddler. And so initially I thought, oh gosh, maybe she just made this all up. But actually they came back to the big woods. Mm -hmm. um, And when she was around about the age of seven or eight, that's where she was living. Um, Um, Sorry, so where did they move to? They uh, moved, I think at that, so the family lived what we would call a very peripatetic lifestyle. They moved around a lot. Now, I think at that stage, they maybe moved to Kansas, and then they came back to Wisconsin, a little further west. Now, they say that when Laura Ingalls Wilder came to write these books what she did for the purposes of telling a story and making a series of books, she didn't let the family dot about back and forwards across the map as had happened in her real life. Uh She made it more like a steady progress.
0: Like a collective story of... So she remembered all the time that she'd ever spent in one place and then made it as if it all happened in one year. And then moved on to the next place and did the same thing. Exactly.
1: And she made it look like a steady progress further and further west um, in America. And she came to write the book much later in life. Mm -hmm. And you'll remember she was married at 18. And and very early. She um, had a daughter called Rose.
0: Yeah.
1: Who was born in 1886? Now, when Laura Ingalls Wilder was in her sixties, she had been um, writing for local newspapers. She'd been writing articles about her life and her lifestyle. She'd been writing kind of advice
0: articles and yeah, pieces of. um Anne, but like without the questions.
1: Maybe, but more, maybe more kind of housekeeping tips. I'm not very sure. Um, but she was beginning to think that she you know, was maybe quite good at writing. In the 1930s, she produced a great big autobiography of her whole life mm-hmm. and um, showed it to her daughter. Now, her daughter was a journalist um, and also a writer, and her daughter said that the book she had written, um, which I think she maybe called something like... Tales from Grandma's Life, or something like that, and um, the book she'd written um, wasn't really fit for publication, and she advised but the her mother. Bits were. Pardon? But the bottom bits were. The bottom bit. the start. Well, what Rose said to her mother was, "You could get material out of this, this autobiographical material, but this um, itself is not good," and they worked together to come up with this idea of a series of children's books, so stories of interest to children. And there's now, I think, it's fair to say from my researches on the internet, there's now a lot of controversy about the extent to which Laura wrote them herself. And the extent to which Rose actually wrote them. Exactly. So that's quite an interesting uh, little feature there. And in fact, the books are so popular in America... That there's a lot of scholarship and research and both in museums debates. And, people and debates, people studying um, the two women's letters to each other to try and work out um, who was doing the writing and who was... Um,
0: Just saying, yeah, that's good. Exactly.
1: Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Um, the other thing I found out when I was reading around the subject is that as Laura's life moved on, she uh, moved west, as I say, with settlers from the East Coast of America who were moving west into territory um, which was occupied by Native Americans. And they were basically taking over the Native Americans' lands and setting out farms. They were trying to um, get bits of land that they could farm um, and make new lives themselves in the West. Um, Slightly mean. Pardon? Not certainly mean. Well, there is a lot in the books, and I don't remember this, and I'm not sure I've even read um, Little House on the Prairie. There is a lot in the books, it turns out, about what what is fair, about moving into people's land and uh, setting it out for farms for yourself. Um, And, you know, the true ownership of the land and... Uh, the Presumably,
0: le- the true ownership of the land is, ma- is the native Americans because they've lived there forever.
1: Well, there were there were the, there were legalities as well. Um, there were treaties at the time um, between the government and the Native Americans about which which parts of the land were open and which parts shouldn't be used. And um, it seems as though who
0: knows what else.
1: Well, it seems as though Laura's father. Fair maybe broke one of those treaties when he settled somewhere. And in the books, Uh Laura writes it as though he had done that inadvertently. But it doesn't seem clear. Maybe he did know what he was doing. Um,
0: Well, I mean, I don't really blame her because I wouldn't write a book that said, "My my father broke the law. No, it might not be a sensible thing to do, (laughs) particularly if he was still alive. I would write a brick that said, my father had not been told clearly when he said, I'm setting out to go and build myself a farm what the rules are.
1: So all of that sounds like it's quite interesting, um, but it's clearly all been written from a particular perspective, as as you've pointed out there. Um, And I think... What I've learned from my research is if you wanted to read on in these books, we would maybe do it together. To see if we could unpick the extent to which Laura's side of the story is a a little bit of spin. Um, Or if it's exactly what happened. Or if it's exactly what happened, exactly. But one thing that certainly can't be denied is... These books have been wildly um, popular in their time. Um, they were really successful when they were written. and I been, am
0: not surprised.
1: And they've been, they've been um, in print ever since. Um, but... This one has a coffee stain on it. In recent years, a prize given to American children's authors called the Laura Ingalls Wilder Prize has decided to change its name.
0: Oh, yeah, I think I heard about that.
1: They, d- they decided they didn't want to be associated with her name anymore because they felt it was associated with promoting this view of basically mistreating the Native Americans at the time.
0: So what they changed um, their name too. The We Are Not Anymore Called the Laurel and Rose Wider Prize. Uh, no, I don't
1: think so. <laughs> I, I, I can't recall what they changed their name to.
0: So, um, in light. I think I might have seen a couple of books that have. Winner of the Laurel Ingalls Wilder Prize 2019 on them or something. What kind of books? American books? I can't remember. I just feel like I've seen Laurel Ingalls Wilder Prize somewhere on something. Right. And well, I don't know where. It's obviously
1: a big prize. In, um, like in Britain, we have a Smarties Prize, I think. Do we? writing, yes.
0: Nobody has ever told me about these things. Sponsored by chocolate sweet. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah why well, it's called 40 um, <laughs> Anyway, we are drifting away from the topic here. So, anyway, what's your favourite time this week? <laughs> no, sorry. Back um, on track.
1: Should we stop there and have... The quiz. The quiz. Yes.
0: Right. Question one. Who came to stay for Christmas? Name two of five.
1: Oh well no no I I was going to say I have no idea. She, but they, if a five, if a five, I'm gonna hazard, I guess. I just
0: say before you go. Um you might remember this chapter because it has actually and um, the Christmas chapter has been made into its own little book. And we do something with my dad called Christmas Books, where my mum puts together a load of books, puts them all in envelopes, they're all Christmas themed. And seals them with a the sticker, and we have to guess what the book is before we open it. And it's our contender every year.
1: Yeah, the the sticker
0: has a picture of a log cabin on it. I'll have to I change that one. For right? The yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bear knows one of the answers. So, um,
1: I'm thinking. Now that you say a five, I'm thinking it's little cousins. There are little cousins there on Christmas morning to open up stockings with. So I'm going to go with her aunt and uncle and their children.
0: I want, a, I want actual names.
1: Actual names, no chance. No like chance.
0: Just three names out of thin air that, that feel like they were around 80 years ago. Grace, Robert, and Ruth. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, so the answers are Aunt Eliza, Uncle Peter. Oh, I think I've got one of those names wrong. Alice. Ella, and, sorry, give me a second. Oh, wait, um, he's called Peter, and so he's named after his father. So, you technically got it right, and you technically different. So, that is half a point to contestant number one. This is a terrible game show. I do not have another contestant. Next question. Whose tree was the swing on? So... For the summer, they each have a playhouse, and it's each under, and um, um, they're under two big trees. And so one is Laura's tree, and one is Mary's tree. And so whose tree was the on? Laura's tree? Ding! Again, terrible game show, but contestant number one has one and a half points. Okay, question three. This is multiple choice. Wait until you have heard all of the answers before answering. What is the main difference between summer and winter? There are more bees? More people come to visit? Or they move trees around? They move trees around?
1: In summer? Hmm. Um, no. No.
0: I'm going to go with, there are more bees in summer. That is something that happens. But the correct answer was, what is the biggest difference? And it was people come a-visiting.
1: Well, I, I don't really remember. I don't really remember a lot of visitors. And I did, I, I now know there was someone there at, at Christmas. So I'm surprised You're
0: spoiling my game show. Why? Because you were talking. In the game show, you can talk after the game show. Sorry, <laughs> do finish. The contestant has been asked to remain silent until further notice. Further notice. Right, question number four. Contestant number one who has no competitors is on two points. Last question. Oh yeah, what was the big machine? The game show had to look the answer to this question up. The big machine was our clone mm-hmm. Contestant number one with no competitors wins at two points. The correct answer to the last question or question four was... A combine harvester. As a result of winning, she gets a black and a white marble.
1: Thank you so much. That's very topical.
0: Now, (laughs) um, game show host, out. Sorry, game show host took over my seat there.
1: That was interesting. I, I'm i surprised that there was a combine harvester all those years ago. Well, it was
0: like... They were using it to cut all the corn mm-hmm. together. So mm-hmm. I think that was a combine harvester. Okay.
1: It was a harvester anyway. <laughs> Whether it combined, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so having read the book and heard about Laura's life, would you
0: read on? Well... I don't really want to read a book about how somebody broke the law. So I'm not sure, even if they did make it by mistake. But I mean, yes, I want to read on because it's a great book. But I don't really know that I know what the next books are about. If that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense.
1: Um... Is Little House in the Big Woods like anything you've read that was written more recently?
0: Not really. I sort of feel like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I sort of feel like books are more one thing
1: themed now. Okay. It's a bit more random. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you read a lot of books that are set in the past?
0: It depends how far back in the past you mean. It was an open question. Well, I I've read a lot of books that are ten years back, okay. like last century. Maybe some of the books I read with Dad. Oh, or that one that was set in the Roman times. Yes, that was, that was <laughs> a while ago. That was. Um, yeah, but none that are set in this sort of area of time. Okay. So before then, so the re- the
1: books you're reading, Dad, at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, Both books. The John Aitken books. Yeah. They're set before Little House on the Prairie. Um, And the Roman books, which
0: are (laughs) (laughs) I know just a couple of thousand years ago.
1: Nothing to worry about. I wonder, the Roman books are quite modern. They were written quite recently, I think. Yeah, they were. That's that's Caroline Lawrence's Roman Mysteries. Yeah, so Um, they're set really far
0: back, but they were written quite recently.
1: I think there is plenty of opportunity to read books set in the past if you wanted to. I, yeah. I, don't, think, I don't think it's gone out of fashion. I think it must just be more your choices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, now you should just finish off telling us um, the name of your novel about the rabbit who was deaf.
0: Oh, yes. I found this book on Epic, which this isn't sponsored, but which is a reading app that I got a couple of years ago. Um, and it was recommended by you. It is called El Defo.
1: Um, I can't at the moment remember the author of that. Somebody Bell, I think. I can't remember. I would
0: go and look it up, but it would mean
1: leaving the mic. Okay, well, um, let's leave that for another time. Oi, shoot, no, back
0: off. Sorry, game show host is back. The game show host (laughs) is trying to take over (laughs) your
1: seat again.
0: Well, have you got anything else you want to say about uh, this week's book? Well, no, not really. And also, I'm very intrigued by that book.
1: I've got next week's book here.
0: Let me read it all. Okay, so this
1: book is inspired by what you said um, about your you found it intriguing that the book was in little chapters. Oh, yay. Yes. I think that this book is more like a series of stories than it is like a novel, but I may be wrong. I might have remembered that completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Um, we all know that that's something. <laughs> no, shoot! Um, and the book is My Friend Mr Leakey by J.B.S. Halday. I like
0: books like this because I feel like I can just stop at the end of the chapter and it's not really, I don't need to finish the paragraph by reading the next chapter, the next paragraph, the first paragraph the next chapter, but then I need to finish that chapter, but then I need to learn just a little bit more and then I finish
1: the book. Well, maybe you'll race through this one. We have talked in the past about the length of these various books. This is a 150 pager.
0: This is a. It is 138 pages. Similar similar length. So, oh, give it a, that a crack. And we'll catch up with Anybody it. Anybody got an egg? On
1: the next episode of Books Are Back. Thanks very much for listening.
0: It's time to end. Books are Back. Goodbye. Goodbye.